What's happening, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today's episode is 170, and this is Listener Show and Tell Volume 3. Yeah, so this is a playlist entirely picked out by all you guys, the fans. So yeah, we do. This is the third time we've done this, but this is our little tribute to our loving and supportive fans. You know, throughout the year, you guys send in so many great suggestions of soundtracks and um, just pieces of music that we'd never heard before. And I obviously, as you guys know, uh, we've sent a call for some more picks for this episode. So we're really grateful for. Yeah, all we got your a support. slew in in the past. A week or two, uh, but you know, even before that, you know, this this whole entire year and even beyond, you know, past this year, we've just there's so we had such a stockpile of of picks that you guys sent in, and honestly, the only reason we're still doing so many of these volumes is because of your guys' quality and like the taste that you get. You, I gotta say, the listeners of the show have such good taste, and that should be not surprising because <laughs> you're listening to us. But oh, no, no, I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, like I'm just so impressed with the playlist today, and these are always fun because it means we don't have to do any work. Yeah. coming up with anything but i think i think this is probably the best playlist of listener show and tell we've had so far yeah i'm it's glad to hear it because uh i feel like as we continue to do the show we draw in more and more people to the podcast and a lot of people that are you know really diehard avid fans of video games and mm-hmm. i think something is cool is if a track can make it on here and it's really great I do think that's somewhat of a testament, not saying that we always pick, you know, the best music, but we've been doing this podcast for like three, four years now. Mm -hmm. And so if there's a track that we haven't played, um, that we just haven't encountered at all, I, and it's great. I think that's a testament to you guys and your love of video game music. And and also it's a testament to how, you know, kind of diverse and expansive the world of video game music is. There's so much out there. Even if you do years and years of a podcast, there's still things you're not going to know of. Right. And we've gotten so much from our fans just to talk a little bit. I mean, we've learned so much when we first started this show. I mean, it was barely even a podcast, really. It was just an audio file that you could click on. It was an experiment. You're like, wouldn't this be funny if we did this? Our fans were the ones who sort of told us, hey, you got to do this and get it on iTunes. And so all along the way, we've been getting feedback that's helped to make the show better. And as far as you know, learning things about the technology of different consoles and learning things about composers. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys have always been so incredible at just yeah, giving so, us all kinds you know, of information and feedback. You know, in a lot of ways, this episode is just a thank you to you guys. So we really appreciate all of your support. What you guys heard up top, that was a uh, track suggested by John. That was from Sonic Advance. And as soon as we played that, we'll recognize that uh, back from his days playing this game. Sonic Advance, that was Egg Rocket Zone. Yeah. That's Remember it like it was yesterday, right? I do. I never had that game for the Game Boy Advance. I actually played that one on an emulator, which is funny because we mm-hmm. had a Game Boy Advance, but a lot of my favorite GBA games I only ever played on emulators. Yeah, that was composed by Tatsuyuki Maeda and Yutaka Minobi. So great way to start off the episode. All right, now it's time to move on to one of our most loyal, supportive listeners. This is Phil. He sent in a few different picks, and the one that we chose was from Napple Tail. This is Cecil's Garden, and this game was composed by the prolific. Yoko Kano. Let's take a listen to Cecil's Garden. Mm-hmm. 
a gorgeous track. That was uh, from Naple or Napple Tale. This is Cecil's Garden. This is suggested by Phil, composed by Yoko Kano. Nice job, Phil. This is a great suggestion. Is this, this is Phil B. Yeah, Phil B. Nice. Yeah, this is uh, definitely, uh, you know, I listened to all of his suggestions, and this is the one that just immediately stood out to me. It's just gorgeous. And I got to say, a lot of really gorgeous ballads on today's Mm -hmm. episode. You guys are in for a treat. I'm Um, super excited. This one has such a great melody and uh, a lot of cute, you know, instrument pairings. Uh, It's just so delicate and tender. I really enjoyed listening to this one. While we were listening to it, Carl and I were discussing uh, how do we pronounce (laughs) this game? Is it Naple Tale? Is it Napple Tale? Well, it's spelled like Apple with an N in front of it, so that would lead me to believe it's probably Napple Tale. Um, Yeah, who knows? But yeah, I mean, let's talk about Yoko Kano for a little bit. That's another person we could have an episode on. Just such a prolific... uh, Composer, she did a lot of work in anime. That's probably more where she's known, but she's done some amazing video game work as well. Yeah, Yoko Kano is so good. Yeah, that's a that's a really beautiful track. Really gorgeous. I love the melody. It's so um, it's sweet and sunny, and it's a great way to start this episode. Uh, it, yeah, great yep. work, Phil. Thank Absolutely. you so much for not only this submission but all your support throughout the years. It's now time to move on to a pick from Tom, and Tom actually runs a really cool internet video game radio station called Rainwaves. You guys should definitely check that out. Really good place to discover new uh, video game music, and a lot of our original music we've actually submitted uh, to Tom, so a lot of our stuff is on there, so if you're listening to Rainwave, every now and then you'll probably hear a Super Mercado Brothers track. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tom suggested, he had a couple good picks. This one was from a Game Boy game, and, and I was right, remember a couple weeks ago I was wondering, are we going to get any games? Game Boy suggestions. Mm-hmm. And this is another one that I'm assuming is very obscure because I've never heard of it before. It's a German game. It's called Das Geheimnis der Happy Hippo in Cell. That's the name of the game. And this track is Areas 2 and 6, composed by Stello Dosis. Uh, yeah, let's take a listen to this Game Boy track. Here we go. is cool stuff. You guys are listening to Areas 2 and 6 from the Game Boy Color game Das Geheimnis der Happy Hippo in Cell. This is a pick by Tom, and this is composed by Stello Dosis. Will, what do you think about this track? Very interesting. I love this. I'm so surprised. You know, if this was on our uh, Game Boy games you may not have mm-hmm. heard of episode, this may have been track of the week. I mean, it's just really stellar. Super I, good. 
I mean, as far as we're talking about the implementation, this is one of the most impressive Game Boy tracks that I've ever heard. Um, right off the bat, you know, I'm just so drawn to the yabba-da-bada, yabba-da-bada, with mm-hmm. the different panning and volume effects. The other thing I like is they create <laughs> the impression of, like, a locked-in rhythm section. So you have the kick drum and the bass hitting at the same time. But what's funny is that the kick drum is synthesized with sort of a triangle sound with those right. portamento falls. And then the bass is just done pitch. But they're both pitched it's not really like you have like a kick sample yeah this so is a track i found kind of quirky and fun about that well yeah this is such a confident track this reminds me of modern chiptunes uh, as far as pushing the boundaries this is obviously a game boy color game and if you're just listening to this it's so obvious that this was written in like the early 2000s you know what i right. mean it's just that that era of 8-bit writing uh which was something that was so cool about that episode is so many of those games we featured were game boy color games from like 2000 2001 well, and the sort of intentionally late rhythms that make it feel performed yeah. and really laid back. Just a cool track. Great, great suggestion, nice Tom. Nice job, Tom. All right, now we're going to move on to a pick by Claire. Uh, and Claire always has really interesting insight, information, uh, and just suggestions. Uh, so thanks, Claire, for all of your support over the years. Uh, this is a, she had some great stuff, and the pick that I went with was from the game The Sea Will Claim Everything. And it's, this is the title track, so the track is also called The Sea Will Claim Everything Part 2, composed by Chris Christodolo. And once again, this is from The Sea Will Claim Everything. This is another beautiful ballad. Let's take a listen to this gorgeous track. Here we go. smokes that stops me in my track you know really tough uh this is definitely one i considered for track of the week um and, and you know in some ways it's kind of it's kind of i don't know if we did a track of the week for the last listener show and tell but yeah this one is one of the best things that i that i've heard in this past few weeks i'm so impressed with yeah, this, this track. may make our uh, greatest hits 2015 really really <laughs> good so thanks so much claire for this pick and this whole soundtrack uh is awesome and yeah, so far every suggestion has been stellar yeah this I'm is so impressed uh, this is composed by chris Christodolu, and you can find this music on Bandcamp. 
Yeah, you know what? You guys should just really run the podcast. We'll hand the reins over to all of you, and you know, each week you can record your own episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, you guys, Carl was right. You guys have great yeah, taste Yeah, you know, one of the only reasons music. why we can't do more of this as far as, like, having, like, a lot of listener-suggested stuff is because we would have to let you guys know the topics, like, what, like, three weeks in advance? And we honestly don't know that a lot of times. Right. You know, so it's hard for us to, to kind of plan ahead. We have to kind of make up yeah there the is a little bit of problem when we try to get feedback because oftentimes we'll it's say next week on the podcast we're doing this and we've and already we'll recorded get suggestions <laughs> oh you guys should do that and so that's usually yeah. or the, oh we didn't do it or yay we did do it yeah but, almost 90 percent of the time that we post next week blah 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 we've already recorded it <laughs> right yeah or at very least you know the playlist is the made the playlist and, is set and we're like recording it that night or something but yeah oh my gosh so so beautiful it's gonna be hard to, to go on from this but let's move on to something completely different which is the best way to do you know after a track thanks like again this. claire though like, i think claire's uh been a fan of ours for long years, time years yeah. and years yeah, no, claire, claire rocks okay now we're gonna move on to probably our oldest listener our oldest like absolutely like biggest supportive been there from day one you know we roll with our day ones this is andrew and Aww, he wanted andrew. to um he wanted to play a track well he had a lot andrew came to our mario themed yes. uh album release party. yeah thanks andrew for for showing up to that that was a good time but yeah he he always gives us a lot of cool picks uh, so i had to sift through a lot of them and pick which one uh, i ended up going with one from boogie boy which I think is a pretty new game. I don't know much about it, but it was composed by Robin Ogden. And we're going to play a track called Neighborhood, once again, from Boogie Boy. Here we go. track man i just already this is such a great episode uh, every single track I, I love so much this is neighborhood from boogie boy suggested by andrew uh composed by robin ogden also known as ogre sound will what do you think about this it's, it's kind of it's very much uh kind of seeped in the modern tradition of chiptune music because you don't just have chiptune sounds you have some kind of you know right. modern electronic dubstepy sounds too you know it's great though it's just, it seems like modern composers like this that utilize chiptune elements mm -hmm. are just so with it you know it's funny I, I like i'm a relatively young person mm -hmm. but i just i don't know i can't imagine what it would be like to be this with it <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> like it's cool it just feels like as far as all the production trends like they're just really kind of knocking it out of the park you know so many western um chip music composers just really are 
kind of with it. <laughs> they're they're with it. They're hip. they're just they're with it. It's they're hip happening to the, to the jive. It's Absolutely. happening. It is happening. Cool. Now we're going to move on to a suggestion uh, from Nick, and um, just be aware that it's spelled N-I-K, so don't be thinking there's a C in there. This is Nick, and he wanted us to play a track from Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, which I absolutely love this soundtrack. It's actually one that, for some reason, I hadn't really discovered in earnest until like this past year, but it's a Genesis soundtrack that's super good, and for whatever reason doesn't get as much attention as some of the other Shinobi games. Um, but this is a track called My Dear D. I had never heard of this before, uh, but he wanted us to play this. He, uh, he, he said it was a really cool kind of groovy 5-4 track. Reminds me of the woman in the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> you know, Madame D. Yeah, and then this is composed, let's take a listen, the composers are Morhiko Akiyama, Hirofumi Murasaki in Masayuki Nagao. Let's take a listen to My Dear D. Interesting. This is My Dear D from the Genesis soundtrack Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, composed by a few different composers, and this was suggested by Nick. Thanks, Nick. This is a cool track. Yeah, I was not familiar with this. You have to really explode the K on Nick. Nick. Yeah, no. Thank this, you, Nick. It's a cool, Will, what do you think about this track? It's kind of experimental, kind of progressive. Really fun. I, you know, I love Genesis music like this. Uh, it, it made me think that... You know, Carl, if you lived back back when, mm-hmm. I I really think you would have been a great Genesis composer. Yeah, I think so too. In an alternate reality, if you had learned how to, you know, do programming, I would have had things. to. Yeah, because I think if I was the same person, but I just grew up at that point, I definitely would have been familiar with the Genesis, and I probably would have really enjoyed the music and would have wanted to get involved. And it's every from everything we've heard, it seems like it was way easier back then to get into the industry because you just like send in a demo tape and right. you know. Well it's got to a be job. fair, it's you know, those people deserved it. You know, they were really right. passionate about video games and video game sound and a lot mm-hmm. of them were really intelligent, great composers. So it's like That's true. There probably wasn't a huge supply of people. Yeah, the people that were the tapes. most interested and passionate back then happened to be the people that were actually talented. I at imagine it. that's to some degree that's a, a lot of the case today. You know, I feel like a lot of people working in the industry are the people that were the most passionate about it. Well, now I'm excited to move on to a choice. Uh, This is Carlos. And I got to say, out of any of our listeners, I'm just always consistently impressed with Carlos all of his suggestions like right. every single track he's ever emailed us has just been so good i remember some of my or favorite tweeted stuff at us yeah some of my favorite stuff from the previous listener show and tells uh some really cool discoveries so thanks so much carlos for your awesome support throughout the years and just all yeah, your great oh, picks. it's so fun because we're a small enough operation that we kind of know all of you you know it's it, 
everyone mm-hmm. that's posted on this, you've posted in some form or capacity. Or the great thing is, most of you, if it's your first comment, you usually say, "Hey, I just found exactly. out about your guys' show." So it's kind of cool. You feel in a way sort of like our extended family. If we were ever able to get you all in one room, we'd just have right. a big group hug. Yeah. So if we Will ever, so if Will ever retires, I'm going to probably ask Carlos to maybe take over. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is from a NES Wait, game. <laughs> pretend i didn't say that this is from an nes game called esper dream and the track is i long for dot 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 part two composed by the konami kokaya club let's take a listen to this beautiful track Beautiful track, and I'm just discovering now that this was composed uh, specifically by Kinoyo Yamashita, and this was actually a Famicom Disk System game. This is Esper Dream. Beautiful wow. stuff. How many beautiful kind of romantic ballads do we have already today? Yeah, I'm loving this playlist. Yeah, I, this is one of the best playlists we've had in weeks, months. I'm just so impressed mm-hmm. with you guys. Shout out to Carlos. Let's give it up to him. This was great. Great track. Um, <laughs> this is really setting a precedent. Um, we're we're going to have to do our work to. Well, keep no, these it's also setting a precedent for the next uh, next year. You know, next volume of listener show and tell. You, your guys' work is cut out for you because right. you guys got to top this. That's Remember our challenge. The first to time you. we did this, we were wondering like, are we going to have enough? You know, people who want to submit yeah. tracks. Is it going to be you know anything mm-hmm. any good? And, and we may not now. Have it's at just kind of like, oh yeah, maybe we should do this. And we have <laughs> this amazing playlist. Yeah, and also so grateful. And also, you know, there were a lot of things we couldn't include today. There's too many to name. Actually, uh, people that we just couldn't include. We tried to pick our 20 favorite tracks. You know that, that that have been submitted. A lot of them have were you know from months ago. Most of them were were probably from the past week or two. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff we couldn't include. Uh, right. So you know that's just going well, forward. You know you guys are so talented i want to think of some ways that we can kind of exploit or i mean use your guys's talents and expertise on the show you know <laughs> this awesome. is just so awesome any artists out there who want to make us like a cool pixelated logo oh gosh anything that like that or maybe we should start having a mailbag have people send in email in their questions and we'll answer them awesome. that's not a bad idea I think some sort of fun. question or comment or insight if you have some sort of interesting anecdote about video game music. Yeah, we can every now and then read it. I like that idea. Let's do that from now on. Make it feel more like a. So yeah, feel free to write us in if you have either a hey, question. Hey, mom, I got a radio show. Whether it's a question about even if you have maybe just a question for one of us that's nothing to do with video game music. If you're curious about something in our lives, or, or you know, you think Carl has a sexy voice yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, obviously, actually, someone. <laughs> I know that's said why that I said that. Day. It made me feel good. Uh, no, if you have a question <laughs> about video game music or um, an interesting observation or piece of information yeah email us in and maybe once a week we'll try to read an interesting email i have to confess that was me no it wasn't it. No. i think he was from uh brazil i want to say yeah it was, it was pretty I exciting i can't remember where i was a bit but, hurt, oh yeah but one thing he did say is he wanted uh, us to give a shout out uh so shout out to all of our spanish speaking listeners right because the there's a lot of them which is awesome 
All right, so now we're going to move on to a track from our good buddy David, and this is an NES game that he's been telling us about for a while uh, called Crystallis, and this is composed by Yoko Osaka. We have a few different Yokos David today. S. Yes, David S. And um, this track is Inner Mountains. Let's take a listen to this track. David was a quick little anecdote. David was uh, in Fireflower with mm-hmm. us. So. Yeah, he was one of the ninjas, yeah, clad in black. One of our good buddies. Let's take a listen to Inner Mountains. You guys are listening to Inner Mountains from Crystallis for the NES. This is suggested by David. Thanks for the pick, man. This is cool. Very yeah, rocking. Love, love this. And love you, David. <laughs> Will, what do you think about this track? I- I'm a really big fan of the really kind of early sounding, kind of reminds me of Konami, that drum sample, that Contra style. Just very, si- yeah. like, is that even, what is it's that, a so snare awesome. drum? What is it? It's just a piece of noise. I love it because the, the compression on the DPCM is, is so extreme, especially when you're, da 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 you're almost just getting that, like, fuzz. Yeah, it's got to be a snare because it's on the two and four backbeat. But, yeah. You definitely can't tell that it's a snare. Well, especially it's a snare with a lot of uh, reverb on it, and the (laughs) reverb just translates into noise. Well, I had some experience with making uh, my own DPCM. Carl and I, we made this sort of Viking game that was supposed to sound like 16-bit. Yeah. And we wanted to have like, ha, raw, like Viking chants, but we wanted them to be like digitized. So I would record myself doing these big, elaborate, you Mm -hmm. know, reverby chants, and then I would convert them to the DPCM. And it was like a similar sound where you almost don't even hear the pitches you just kind of hear the fuzz absolutely yeah no and and thanks for suggesting this this soundtrack crystallis i was listening to the youtube uh version of it uh the soundtrack and there's some cool stuff on here so we may have to revisit the soundtrack in the future uh he gave a couple different options of, of some of his favorite tracks and this is the one i went with all right now it's time to move on to a pick from Niev. this is from radiant historia a wonderful yoko shimamura soundtrack and for some reason we didn't play this particular track when we when we featured it on the Yoko episode. We played a different track and I don't know why I didn't pick this one because this one is so gorgeous. Uh, just wonderful. It's great that we haven't played it on the podcast. The track is called Where the Wind and Feathers Return from Radiant Historia. Here we go.
gosh, how many gorgeous ballads do we have? It's almost like this, this we could call this episode awesome, beautiful, soft ballad episode, volume yeah. one or whatever. Gosh, yeah, this is great. This is so good. This, this track is called Where the Wind and Feathers Return. Such a deeply emotional and beautiful piece from Radiant Historia, composed by Yoko Shimomura. Thanks, Niav. Yeah, you know, Niav has just always been such a great source of support uh, and really just such a totally. great friend of this show. So we're just so excited to, to Gosh, play this track. we have so track. many great fans. Again, we just want to give you all big hugs. And But hopefully not... We, I mean, we don't want to be so yeah, you know close what, guys, that Carl replaces let's me. Let's just... Okay, everybody listening and us right now, let's all just take a pause and just put our arms and all give each other a big virtual hug. Here we go. Thanks, guys. All right. You know, I wish you'd hug me every now and again. <laughs> yeah, fun fact, I actually haven't hugged Will for the past, like, 11 years. Has it has it been that long? Gosh. No, I hugged you like th- a few days ago. Aw, remember? It was just so meaningless to me. I just I don't think even I hugged remember. you on Father's Day on Sunday, right? Maybe. Gosh, <laughs> I forgot to mark it in my journal. It was either a it was either a hug or a pat. It may have just been a pat on the shoulder. You, you're kind of famous for what I, I used call to the I used lean to, and reach, where you yeah. just kind of lean and do a little. Well, pat to be over fair, I'm much more huggy now. Like I That's hug a lot great. more now than I used to. All right, let's now move on to a pick uh, from Connor. This is from, uh, he wanted us to do some some arcade uh, soundtracks using the, I think, what is it, the CP3? There's like a particular chip that he was interested in, and one of the soundtracks he recommended was from was Darkstalkers, and this is composed by the Capcom sound team. This is Dimitri Stage, Romania from Darkstalkers, again, suggested by Connor. Let's take a listen. This is actually uh, CP2. CP System 2 is the particular arcade system this came out. I was looking at a screenshot from this game. It looks exactly like Street Fighter. Uh, (laughs) It's another Capcom fighter. And again, you know, since we didn't prepare this playlist, I'm kind of, as we're playing, looking into these games more. And I did find specific composers. Uh, We have Takeyuki Awai and Hideki Okagawa. And once again, the game is Darkstalkers, and this is Romania. Thanks, Connor, for this pick. Do you perform Harukens and Liger (laughs) uppercuts? Liger. Yeah, no, I've never even heard of this game before, but uh, it it definitely, it couldn't have been that successful. I mean, I wonder how many of these Street Fighter ripoffs there were in the mid-90s in the arcade. I'm sure just tons. I mean, I know there are a lot of Mortal Kombat clones. Oh, yeah. As well, I mean, any any kind of popular would you say, game Will? That uh, and I think I know the answer to this, but Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat was more successful, more popular overall. Street Fighter, yeah. of course. Mortal Kombat, well, and they kind of had the brilliant idea of not changing anything and just reselling yeah. the game, and but those are the little minor alterations. Those are the two pillars. I mean, both of them have had films, right? <laughs> amazing, amazing films, <laughs> stellar movies. Just, you know, landmark pillars of cinema, for sure. Um, all right, <laughs> pillars now, of video game cinema, really. Yeah, now it's time to move on to a pick uh, from Aiden. 
he wanted us to play a track from Persona Q, Shadow of the Labyrinth. And as soon as I said I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm game. I loved that soundtrack. In our, yeah, that was our favorite. Yeah, in our Shin Megami Tensei episode. This is a particular track which features, I believe, some sort of FM um, incorporation as well as real rock stuff. Um, there were some different versions of this particular track, and this was just the version that you know I had because I already had the soundtrack. So hopefully this is uh, the version he wanted us to play. It's, it's Best Friend from Persona Q. Composed by Itsushi Katajo, Toshiki Kanishi, and Shoji Magiro. You guys are listening to Best Friend from Persona Q, Shadow of the Labyrinth. Thanks, Aiden, for the suggestion. Yeah, one thing I will say about this track is it's much more par for the course for the Persona series, or for the Shin Megami Tensei series, uh, which was a little bit different than the tracks that I picked uh, that we played from this soundtrack, because there were a lot of stuff that was very novel and and kind of unique from the series. This kind of feels like classic Persona to me, uh, but it's very effective. Well, what what do you think about the rock influence and kind of how it's in you know still in the video game kind of perspective i mean it fits like a glove i think it is it always fits like a glove for some reason i find that uh film scores that really try to incorporate rock music as like the score Mm -hmm. it it tends to be kind of uh not effective either not effective or just a little bit kind of cheesy and obnoxious sometimes. It feels a little disingenuous. Like It right. almost feels like it's like trying to shoehorn it in, in yeah, a Yeah, I mean, I think if you have an actual, you know, existing song or like a song that was written for it, but sometimes when, you know, the score tries to pass itself off that way. But for some reason, games don't have that problem because yeah. I really feel like we suspend our disbelief so much more heavily when we're playing a game just because the act of actually playing it really allows us to feel so immersed so sometimes Mm -hmm. a lot of those aesthetic elements don't need to be as subtle in a game because you know you already are kind of linked in by controlling in general that's something i would say difference between film music and video game music is definitely video game music is a lot more overt and kind of just i think i love that about it though you know it's like that i mean that's what's really led to so many of the great game music melodies that's the kind of music that honestly both of us enjoy though i mean we 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 like purposeful music that is kind of just saying what it wants to say Yeah, and i love when instrumental music and in this case not really instruments but you know what i mean non-lyric non-vocal music can create a huge emotional effect and be entertaining in and of itself like to me i can just sit there and listen to a great piece of video mm-hmm. game music i don't need to be doing anything else you know it's entertaining yeah in and it's and interesting of because that's definitely never the original intent of any of this music it's composed for an experience and to right. fit that experience but because there's so much 
of this music in you know the world of video games from so many talented composers there's plenty of examples of where that happens where you just sit down listening to it and it's wonderful and you don't need right. the context you know i mean I, I oftentimes there i think there are similarities to film music i mean there's so much amazing uh, film music out there that oh, yeah. I really love. And one thing I will say is the there's a lot of examples over the years of effective game music that is much more like geared towards when you're playing the game and you're, when you're, and you're experiencing the game, it's great. But it's not necessarily something that when you're just listening to it, it's that engaging. And that's the stuff that hasn't made it on the podcast. You know, yeah. there's probably games and soundtracks and composers. Some of you may be, you know, kind of wishing, oh, why haven't they played this, this, this? A lot of times it's because it might not be something we have a lot to say about. Well, and it's hard. You know, our, our medium of podcast is just audio. limited by, yeah, it's, it's only an audio medium and so it, what can we all that I mean, music what can we say we can't be like to fit guys, visuals imagine that you're you know on a cliff and just let's listen to this like it doesn't right. really work i think it would be a fun concept for an episode to explore specifically like the function of video game score but it might need to be like a video podcast or something yeah maybe that could be a side project at some point yeah once you kick me out of the show and replace me with carlos i'll have to start my own video podcast sounds good Maybe you could you could meet up with Matthew and do your own YouTube show together. Ooh, that'd be that'd fun. Be a good idea. All right, guys, I'm really excited to move on to this week's track of the week. Like I said, I don't remember if we did a track of the week last time, but this one, I just can't pass it up. Uh, and it's also fitting that this track of the week is from our good friend Tim, Tim Turry uh, from Game Informer. A while back, he emailed us um, suggesting the soundtrack called Blood Rain Betrayal, which was composed by Jake Kaufman. And, and he said in his email, it really scratches that Shovel Knight itch. And does right. it ever. There's certain tracks in the soundtrack that he did NES versions of and this is one such track and it's definitely vrc6 i it, love it, tim turry just as much as i love jake Coffin. <laughs> tim turry he's the one who got me out of my for n- different reasons my nintendo slump you know i was really kind of yeah. sad and down about that conference and then tim wrote an article on game informer about star fox about you know how star fox really impressed him and it it made me feel okay yeah yeah absolutely and yeah this is definitely vrc6 it really feels like shovel knight it's just when you hear jake doing this doing this kind of music it just makes you smile There's really nothing else quite like it. This is Dusk Falls 8-bit version from Blood Rain Betrayal. Bad 
ass, ladies and gentlemen. You guys are listening to Dusk Falls 8-Bit from the one and only Vert. This is just... It scratches that itch. And I think the reason why Tim liked it is because it's incredibly Castlevania-ish, which is Tim's favorite series, especially music. Uh, this is so cool. This is from Blood Rain Betrayal. It's just undeniable. So good. Makes so me, good. Um, really excited for the, v- the DR- DLC music coming you know, up soon. Tim, I'm so glad we met you. You've been such a great friend, you know, to the show, but just to us in general. Uh, we're... You're such a great guy. Um, you've helped us out tremendously over the years, and it's just been fun getting to know you, and uh, this track is amazing. Yeah, Tim's the best. Tim's the one who introduced us to Jake Kaufman, so that's another thing we have to be thankful this of. This is such a wonderful, um, I don't know, choice for Track of the Week. And yeah, this is really the reason why, because if it wasn't for this, I probably would have, oh, maybe we shouldn't even do Track of the Week, but this one is just so awesome. Yeah. You Good just can't God. deny it. Oh, I can't wait for the new Shovel Knight music <sighs> for the DLC. I know. It should be coming soon. All right. Now we're going to move on to a pick uh, from John. He wanted us to play a um, piece of music, one of the main themes from, some, you know, really something that was only a matter of time. I'm sure a lot of you are very familiar with this soundtrack and we're wondering maybe why we haven't featured it so far. Uh, from the game Bravely Default, which came out, I believe, in 2014. Oh, that was a big deal. Big deal. Uh, this track is Horizon of Light and Shadow. And if I'm not mistaken, this is like the main kind of overworld like uh, theme of the game. It's definitely the one that I was familiar with. A lot of similarities to the Laputa Castle in the Sky theme uh, by Joe Hisayashi. We'll get into that after we play it. But this is composed by Revo. Let's take a listen to Horizon of Light and Shadow. Horizon of Light and Shadow from the 3DS game Bravely Default, which was released in North America in 2014. Uh, this was composed by Revo, and this was suggested by John. So thanks, John, for this uh, suggestion. Yeah, it's only a matter of time before we play this track. I know a lot of people really have been a big fan of this in recent right. years. It's I think great. it's just it's so similar to the Lavita mm-hmm. theme. Um, it's also hard when something is like very similar to a theme. It just includes extra notes. Well, I remember know? when we were on Train Station at 8, it was actually Matthew Tuzzeroni who made that first kind of realization that, guys, don't you think this sounds like Laputa? And then we listened to it like, oh, right. yeah, absolutely. Um, but nevertheless, you know, aside from that, I think it's a very effective yeah, track. Yeah, it's so well orchestrated. Yo, it's yeah. fun to hear that kind of modern orchestral production. You know, I it really do think um, it's about time I actually really dove into Bravely Default and 
really tried to listen to the whole thing because maybe that would actually be a spotlight um, contender, you know, episode at some point. Sure. I'll take a listen. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how the rest of the soundtrack is. But I think now it's time to move on to a pick from Thorbin. This is from Pokemon Trading Card Game for the Game Boy. For some reason, I never heard of it. We definitely didn't feature this on our Pokemon episode. I guess there was a, a game just called Pokemon Trading Card Game. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> it was composed by Ichiro Shimakura, and the track that he wanted us to play is Grandmaster's Theme. You guys are listening to Grandmaster's Theme from the Game Boy game, Pokemon Trading Card Game. <laughs> That's a video game. That's the name of the game. Composed by Ichiro Shimakura. This is uh, suggested by Thorbin. This things. is better than real-life trading cards because you get this catchy-ass song. This is great. It's funny. I love this tune. It, it reminds me of the Power Rangers the movie, the game. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Or there's Street Fighter the movie, the game. The movie. <laughs> the theme park. Yeah, no, this is um, this is a cool track. It's very devious and kind of groovy and just... That's just really catchy. I like 8-bit grooves. <laughs> There's something really endearing about it. And then here... And also, I'm just so used to those sounds, so kind of hearing it in cool, a really though, badass is, is way is What's cool, though, is here, this kind of reminds me of some classic um, kind of... Mega Pokemon. Man type of Well, no, but some Pokemon battle themes, too. Like, it definitely right. feels like Pokemon, too. Right. Awesome. Yeah, that's a great one. Who suggested that again? Thorbin. Thanks, Thorbin. All right, now we're going to move on to a pick from Peter. This is a SNES game called Psycho Dream, uh, composed by Machiko Naruke, who's known um, to me, at least, as the Wild Arms composer. And this is a really interesting soundtrack. He wanted us to play a track called Skyscraper Stage 3, or at least that was one of his many picks. You know, so many of you guys gave us like, like 10 picks. I was like, oh man, which one do we pick? Ended up just having to go with my gut. But yeah, this is a really experimental uh, track. What he liked about it is that it was kind of minimalism, you know, as far as, uh, you know, it was minimalism, but it was on the Super Nintendo. So it's kind of interesting to hear those outside genres in video games. Interesting track. This is Skyscraper from Psycho Dream.
Well, this is interesting. This is Skyscraper Stage 3 from the SNES game Psycho Dream, composed by Machiko Naruke. This is suggested by Peter. Will, what do you think of this? Well, I think it's really... I, I wasn't expecting that that kind of experimental music would just sort of be the backdrop of, like, the real tune. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I know Where what you mean. The melody actually the comes in. the other instruments come in and the bass comes in, it's like, oh, that's just kind of like the ambience of the track. I think it's a really clever idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's an interesting way of incorporating kind of weird, uncomfortable sounding experimental elements Mm -hmm. in something that feels very simple and kind of accessible game music. Yeah, it's just another example. Recently we had some similar example on the Super Nintendo where we were trying to show it might have been in our old and new episode, we were trying to show music from this era that was like kind of minimalistic and not super catchy. And that was something that was a little bit kind of jarring because we hear a lot of that nowadays. So this is yet another example of that. And I know that that's in general kind you know, music that we don't usually showcase on the podcast. So again, it's always nice in these episodes, uh, you know, a track like this, we probably never would have, you know, thought to play this. So I'm really glad that Peter really, you know, thought that there was something about this that was interesting and worth talking about. And again, I think it's that example of, in the 16-bit era, composers not just, you know, banking on just doing like a poppy, catchy tune, like trying to do something that's a little bit more experimental. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a really interesting one to play. Uh, Again, it's so cool that this is such a diverse playlist um, and really of such a high quality. Yeah, I mean, you have some kind of typical stuff that we love on the show, just some catchy, groovy video game music, but you also have some stuff like this, which kind of goes outside of our comfort zone. Well, thanks, Peter. Let's move on to the next track. All right, now we're going to move on to a pick by uh, Kane. This is Deus Ex, classic PC first-person shooter, composed by Alexander Brandon. And this is a track called... Alexander Brandon? He's that guy Mm -hmm. I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is a track called Unatco, uh, U-N-A-T-C-O, which is a, a company, an organization in the game. Uh, and yeah, that's the name of the track from Deus Ex. Let's take a listen. this is another example of kind of what we were talking about earlier where this is a really effective background score that's not really catchy because hey there's no melody it's just about setting up a vibe setting up an ambiance and it does it very well uh this is some sort of um i think uh 
building that you go to in the game, sort of high-tech you know, It's a really effective technique. Uh, film composers ought to try this out. You know, they may have some success with... You know, get rid of the melodies. You guys can't There's see too Will's, many melodies. You guys can't see Will's smirk, so you can't tell that he's being sarcastic like I can. Uh, yeah, no, this is very effective background score. Again, another great example. I like Alexander Brandon. Um, I don't know if we ever would have played this on the podcast if it was, you know, if we had our druthers, but what's so cool is, you know, Kane comes in and says, hey guys, this is a really cool uh, soundtrack that I think is worth talking about. And yeah, well, let's talk more about, because you listened to that episode with Alex and he was talking hopefully about this type of thing of setting up ambience, setting up atmosphere. How do you think this track does maybe what he was talking about? And in general, how do you think composers can make music that really elevates the immersion of the game? How much time do I have for this SAT question? Uh, You have about a minute. Good gosh, you really set me up for. I don't do that to you. I don't. I don't set you up. And say, Carl, sixty seconds. <laughs> but don't doesn't that, don't you like that when I set you up? I I do. It's kind of like passing the ball. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean. All I right. Think let's it's, move on to the next pick. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's very effective. Um, and I do think in this particular case, it is able. The music is still able to be kind of overt and present without the need of a melody. Also, I know that one of the reasons for kind of um, more rhythmic type of music in games is that it's easier to sort of crossfade between. That's so true. So that you can have different uh, layers, different textures well, you know, to, to the be music honest, and add and build on it and not necessarily have like a looped section of the music that's identifiable. Well, to be honest, there's not always a place for melody in game score, movie score, TV score, anything. Like there's times when that would actually be distracting when it's more effective to have a constant, it's, you know, talking about minimalism. That's exactly what this track is. And it's like something about that just kind of constant really uh, kind of reinforces uh, maybe kind of just the, the excitement of the game, right. or the pace mm-hmm. of the game. If you're running and shooting stuff, I just think it would really fit really well. Right. I mean, music doesn't necessarily need melodies. I just happen <gasps> to like it. I guess it's sort of like saying comedy doesn't need jokes. You know, it, it's not absolutely essential. Well, yeah, but I mean, Dane at Cook the end of the day, you can't really. Um, I, I would say Dane Cook has jokes, but they're not they're, traditional. They're, yeah, they're kind of like the neo. He has jokes like Louis C.K. has jokes. Like it's just kind of. It sounds like telling a story. It sounds like they're just talking to you. I think Louis C.K. has more like traditional jokes. Well, than I, I think jokes Dane are does. like melodies, in that um, <laughs> with modern like comedies with modern comedy you know jokes are kind of hidden within Mm, you know persona and personality and everything and i think the same thing is with um music you know if you're not looking at like pop music a lot of times the melodies aren't really the front and center thing but i i still think there's something catchy there's something hooky there if the song works there has to be something that people are gravitating towards now let's move on to a uh, pick uh, by Alex, who's who's always been a big support uh, of this show. So thanks, Alex, for all of your support over the years. This is from Pictionary, the wonderful Tim Fallon NES soundtrack, a track that we hadn't played from that soundtrack. This is Drawing Game from Pictionary.
This is, re- this is really, really cool. You guys are listening to Drawing Game from Pictionary for the NES, composed by the one and only Tim Fallon. This is a suggestion by Alex. You know what? I will say that in some ways I feel like one of the composers in modern times that is kind of carrying the Fallen torch really feels like Jake Kaufman, uh, as far as just like technically pushing things to their limits, but at the same time always having something musically hooky and musically interesting. Um, but something that it feels like you've never heard it before, quite like this. Right. It's just so unique. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. Uh, this is great. Something that's really uh, neat about the way that Tim uses the arpeggiator is that he's able to get a little bit denser chords, particularly the addition of the major and minor sevenths mm-hmm. on practically every single chord. Um, which adds a little level of uh, density harmonically to uh, the chords. And the other thing that I notice is the kind of volume fades, the volume swells and fades. Uh, of those ar- arpeggios, usually. work yeah. really effectively because there's so many pitches happening that it really ends up sounding... Your ear kind of hears one of the pitches, and it sounds like a more smooth mm-hmm. fade. You know what? When you try to do a volume fade like that on the NES, you kind of hear... You know what's funny is we, when we think of Fallen's, we think of NES and C64 and that kind of chip arpeggio sound, but I would be so curious to hear some of their demos on like actual synthesizers and like... If he didn't have the limitation of the NES, what would have his instruments been for this track? In some ways, I can't even... I have no idea because this always feels so definitive. Right. When I think of Fallen Brothers, I don't really hear that they're limited. I think that's really the thing about you know western video game composers they're treating it as its own yeah. instrument you know it's if they not had, they're not replicating yeah, other if instruments. they had a synthesizer they would have written something else right you know when you hear other kind of later tim fallen stuff for the dreamcast and things kind of more ambient and, and and always effective for the technology but so different than the stuff he wrote in the nes right i think you know you write for your system cool now it's time to move on to one of our um, most loyal and supportive uh, listeners and fans of the show. This is Simon. He wanted us to play a track uh, from Neo Turf Masters, which is an arcade game composed by Takushi Hayamudo, also known as Haya, who does a lot of great arcade stuff. Uh, and Simon is another one of those guys who just is constantly sending us really cool picks and suggestions and you know because you know we wanted to be fair and you know not play like 10 simon picks uh, we picked this one a uh, really cool track this is usa course from neo turf masters here we go
really cool jazzy stuff. Uh, this is actually a Neo Geo game. I mean, it could have also been arcade, like so many of those Neo Geo games were. But yeah, Neo Geo. This is Neo Turf Masters. The track is USA Course, composed by Haya. Thanks so much, Simon, for not only this track, but thanks for being so awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Simon has been uh, one of the most loyal listeners of the show. He's always been so supportive. He's never you know said one critical word about the show and honestly that really means a lot because in addition to all the great listeners you know there are people who tend to be very critical and will send long scathing emails about especially now in the age of the internet that, it seems to be almost it's it's almost easier to do that than obviously right. when you're going up to someone you're probably not going to say certain things but it's very easy to send an email with all of your kind of heated comments of you know what you know, isn't and, done right and I know we make mistakes and I know we Absolutely. say things that maybe you don't agree with or pick tracks that maybe frustrate you or maybe you're looking but, forward you know, to but you know but again what's so nice is that's that's that we, we have appreciate both, the, you know? we really appreciate that you know you guys are so generous with your time of just listening to the show and with your support and your feedback, uh, we really wouldn't be doing it without you. Genuinely. Yeah, we've gotten over the years. We've gotten a few um, emails that have been kind of difficult to read with like kind of long specific things about people talking about maybe technical things about like, right. Oh, this chip actually has three channels, not two and, and things like that. And I just couldn't, I can't believe that you guys call yourself a, like, it's yeah. just so many scathing sort of stuff <laughs> like that. But I mean, I gotta say, I, we do try to make the best of situations like that. And I mean, if someone's going to write like a eight page dossier <laughs> on the problems with our podcast, I mean, chances are they're really passionate about it. So we usually do, try to learn things from that but you know simon's but at a guy the end of the day always, you know he 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 knows a lot he's such a big fan and he's constantly supportive mm-hmm. i mean i've we're so grateful to have fans like that so thank you so much simon. absolutely all right now we're going to move on to the last track of the day we're going to talk about uh the only person who got two tracks today was not surprisingly carlos i just couldn't narrow it down to one i needed to play both of these because they're both so interesting so the the last track here is um from mario artist which was n64 dd game kind of using that you know add-on like the dance dance revolution thing (laughs) no like the uh the disc kind of add-on the thing you put on the bottom of the n64 there was a disc thing i believe so yeah gosh um, where have i been whatever it was the n64 dd you never heard of that i'm sorry yeah mario artist was one of the games that kind of showed it off and this is a track called poppy poppy composed by toru minigishi it's very toru minigishi yeah it's very experimental and kind of out there probably one of the earliest things toru ever did uh and yeah i'm so glad you brought this to my attention carlos because this is a really cool track and i'm glad we get to play this as well so here we go Thank you. 
You guys are listening to Poppy Poppy from Mario Artist. Thanks, Carlos, for this really interesting suggestion. This is Toru Minigishi. That bridge section is so beautiful, but that weird vocal instrument is just so quirky. I think it's really trying to carry the torch of Mario Paint, which Absolutely. uses very quirky instruments and tries to make music out of sound effects. And yeah, I think the, this is the, trying to use like telephone. The 64 DD came out December of 99 and was discontinued uh, February of 2001. The Ooh. end, the very end of the 64 era. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I've never been a big fan of, you know, add-ons and stuff to consoles. I think they're never really that successful. That was and a, they're always very exclusionary. That was a remnant of the 16 and 32-bit eras. Right. That's the only time when that ever happened. You know, the <laughs> the Genesis and the 32X and, you know, the... What Gosh. was the Super Nintendo had something? With they they didn't. Um, they were going to. No, there was something there was where a, you could play the Game Boy I thought that was just it. in Japan. May have been SNES just Satellite, I think it was called. Where anyway, they're... they're and then what's funny about the 64 is like they had the expansion pack too where it's like right. why wasn't that just part of the system yeah it's like here we can do something that was there's a slot for it in the original system right but it just makes it a little better it's like i don't understand it's not so like like a money-making scheme or something yeah well i mean it's sort of the predecessor to dlc it's like hey if we <laughs> don't finish everything now eventually we'll just charge them extra to and there's a lot experience. to be said. There's a conversation to be said about you know kind of the way we view DLC nowadays. Right. Uh, but that's for another podcast. So I think we're going to close the episode off, um, play out with a track from our good friend Stephen Kelly. He wants to play Staff Credits 2 from Star Fox 64 3D, you know, obviously for the 3DS. This track was composed by Satomi Teroy. And guys, thanks so much. This is such a great playlist. We were so impressed this year with all of your tracks. And again, just thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to us every week it means the world to us it's why we keep doing the show yeah really I, I i hope you guys enjoyed this i hope it i don't know maybe it was something nice to get to hear your suggestions on the podcast and uh you know i hopefully you enjoyed the other suggestions i mean i, I thought this was a great episode if yeah. i was just listening to the show i would really enjoy it and i mean we sort of were you know we got to be the spectators on this one so awesome again we really appreciate it guys continue to do what you're doing you know i mean that's what makes this whole thing uh fun and the more discussions we can have about game music on social media or just personally if you want to shoot us an email yeah definitely shoot us an email because we want to start implementing that idea we thought of of every week reading some sort of you know fan yeah i think that'd be a cool thing another thing we kind of uh talked about but maybe now if i mention it here we'll actually kind of get it started is doing bonus episodes so Mm -hmm. releasing an episode on thursday that is just like a little nugget and maybe is less playing music but is us talking about a facet yeah. of video game music or just maybe doing like a small spotlight yeah on something a that or is definitely shorter. interesting to us but maybe something that doesn't quite make a full episode but something like maybe like a great one i could think of is like un squadron spotlight right you could know. just be a nice little uh, dessert, a bonbon yeah. bon episode. Of I like sorts. that. I like that idea a lot. All right, guys, thanks a lot for joining us. We're really excited. Next week, we're going to be doing a spotlight on Sonic Three and Knuckles, which is just one of my absolute favorite soundtracks of all time for the Genesis. So that's going to be an incredibly nostalgic adventure through that wonderful soundtrack. Once again, my name is Carl Brueggemann. 
And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann, and I also want to extend thanks on behalf of our brother, Marty Brueggemann, who's been really a joint part of a lot of our efforts. He's um, worked with us on albums, so he's a composer, and he's been an integral part of the show, both in feedback. He's been on the show a lot, so uh, I know Marty's really appreciated any support that you guys have given him for the Marty's Corners, and um, hopefully we'll 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 get some of that Yeah, we'll have that back back at some point. Yeah. He's a busy guy. Thanks a lot, everyone. Have an amazing week. Peace out.